Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. I did, I did like that. It was something I worked on over the weekend. It was very... My home studio. Got in the reps in. Can I tell you something? Please. Here, I want you to... Come on. Can you walk over? I'm not going to drop an F-bomb while you do this. Sure. So you can walk away from the board. All right. Look at this. So I went to use a little wizard's room, mm-hmm. and I, I went to buckle up my belt, and then, then half of the belt fell off. And so I'm walking around with half of a belt. And so when I go walking down the hallway here at Hubbard Radio from HD2 to my hour of HD1 broadcasting, I sound like I'm like the maintenance guy with my big ring of keys. Right. You, it looks like now that you just have an extension cord wrapped right. around if you your pants. See it. There it is if you want to see it. Oh, man. Yeah, the belt is. <laughs> so you're getting to walk around. And I like... have a lunch with a client at 1130. And I'm going to have to go right from here to there. And it's in Frontenac because, well, right. I'm old right. money right. from Tam Avenue. And I don't know what, the, and, and I'm, I'm a tiny little man. Yeah. I mean, I waited a buck 56 this morning. Wow. That wasn't a brag, trust me. Well, I was just, that's a, that's slight. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you're 5'2". <laughs> right, right. So... I got so so I, I and I guess I've lost a little weight, mm-hmm. so the belt was a little tight. So I would tighten because I like the feeling comfort of my pants tight. Right, you don't want it to slouch. And so this thing I could tell it was kind of hanging on for dear life. I use the little wizard's room. I go to tighten my belt, and then just a piece <laughs> just flies off. Yeah, you're. And so now I've got this client lunch, and I'm gonna look like you know, I'm hanging out at a public restroom in the morning. You're gonna have to take. <laughs> you're gonna have to take both your shoelaces, tie them together. That's and not then a bad use idea. That. I would offer my belt, but I, I also, I, my pants are too big for me. So if I don't, I'll be walking around with them on my ankles. Oh, well, there you go. That's something to text in about. 314-399-9646. The Air Comfort oh, Jackson's turning it around so we can read it. The Air Comfort Service uh, text line. Uh, Jackson, tell the people what is coming up on this edition of Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota's Balloon Party. com. And AltonToyota.com and the secret phone number of 314-252-0029. Uh, so we got, it's a, it's a Monday. It's a wide berth Monday. Yeah. When you heard the answer of it's a Monday, you knew that meant, that was your moment right there while you could to get action in that it's a wide berth Monday. It's a wide berth Monday. Um, we got, of course, the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. We had a full weekend of sports with the Cardinals playing. Nice. We had the Battle Hawks playing. We had the Dogs playing. It's all white noise, because if you're listening to the station, you know that the Cardinals played. You know that the Battle Hawks played. You know that the Doggies played. Hold on a second. Defense, Doggies, defense. Defense, Doggies, defense. So the lead's the, lead's the Cardinals. Always, yeah. Not always. But more often than not. Yeah, I'd say it's very high percent. And 
on Saturday night. I don't know how it was for those of you, if you are a a St. Louis area resident, plenty of people stream and live around the country, but, uh, you know, I would say probably 90 plus percent live in the St. Louis metropolitan area. And boy, I'm looking outside and the flags are flying with winds out of the north. That would make sense for how cold it is. But uh, Saturday, I'm driving home. Um... And I had my son with me. We had stopped at Carl's. This is not a live read. This is not payola. I paid. It's cash. Uh, and uh, I text my wife, voice text my wife, and I said, because I'm, I'm at Manchester and Lindbergh facing westbound. It's about 6.15 p.m. And as a lifelong resident of South City slash Kirkwood, uh, with eight months for my first television job in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, I had never seen the sky look like it looked. Now, that's not to say that the sky looked worse than it's ever looked. It's just the first time that I had been out to see the sky when it looked this bad, Jackson. Sure, sure. And I was thinking, man, number one, is it safe for me to be on the road? Yeah. There weren't many cars out. And number two, I wanted to make sure my wife and our one-year-old were aware of what was going on because it looked like... And I don't know if I was looking at funnel clouds, but the clouds were certainly lowering, which is what happens before a tornado occurs, uh, in addition to the sky kind of having a greenish tint. Yeah, I mean, a, it was it's, hell. Yeah. it's a hostile environment. And so we get home, and there were tornadoes in the Kirkwood area. Um, and so the Saturday evening, uh, you know, power was out for plenty of people. Internet was out for plenty of people. And so, and then I know Apple TV had an issue that I think was unrelated to weather, correct? I don't, yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with weather. Right. So all of these things coincided. So if you wanted to watch the dogs play Cincinnati and you weren't at the game, which is another separate story, right. check Chris Kerber's timeline, um, you couldn't watch it live. So I got, I still get up at like four or five in the morning, even on the weekends, and the first thing I do, power uh, or the internet had been restored that morning, early in the morning, yesterday morning, and I watched the entirety of defense, doggies, defense, defense, doggies, defense. Number one, despite the storms and what two hours worth of a delay, yeah. incredible crowd. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, I mean that that team that they beat was the top of the table. Oh. Yeah, this ain't my first rodeo. Whoa. Question for you. Hey, a question for you. Go ahead. I, I'll take questions, even though I'm in the middle of telling a story. <laughs> Sorry. When you were watching the game, mm-hmm. did you know the score before you started watching it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I knew they had won, but I still I love watching the games, and I really like watching the home games. I love the atmosphere, and I'm well aware. I'm well aware that there is a high percentage of the supporters in the supporter groups who either dislike me or dislike TMA because of its mere existence, but also feeling like TMA is responsible for this nickname of the dogs that they hate. Mm -hmm. Even though the true story and the timeline of the dog's name came from Doug Vaughn, Infinitely more likable than me. Infinitely. If I'm on a 1 to 10 of likability, I don't know if I even get a 1. And then and then on the likability of Doug Vaughn, I would say he's in the in the 9 to 10 range. He's about as high as you can get, yeah. So, so 
Doug is the one who casually, when we found out an MLS team was coming to St. Louis, said, I don't want it to be called Real or FC or United or whatever other. Right. United, yeah. Metro. Uh, name that is often he feels like you know American teams will try to become too European. He goes, why can't it be something just like dogs? <laughs> and it was just a it was just a offhanded comment right. that was rooted in part in humor and part in sincerity. But either way, it truly was organic, and that is how the name came to fruition. But because of the resentment our show has from a portion of the uh, St. Louis community, usually which a little older and on the outskirts. But the soccer community, some don't like the name The Dogs. And so there is pushback to that. And I saw KMOV posted The Dogs returned to the top of the table. I think they said standings. They did. I'm not sure. I'll hold them accountable later. Uh, Thank you. Uh, And then we're met with a bunch of criticism that they then reposted it as City SC. Yeah, yeah. They tried. <laughs> I didn't sneak that one past The, the question is, did the complaint that got them to change it come from inside the building on Market Street? That's the question. Because there are calls that come from inside the building at Market Street when uh, a, a, an organization uses the term the dogs, which I have to tell you is one of the greatest compliments. <laughs> it is. It's incredible. Even though the whole thing was just a joke. It was totally. And totally yeah. inadvertent. Yep. And, and Doug and I couldn't care any less about it. But either way, watching the game, incredible atmosphere despite the storm. In addition to that, what a win. Yeah, huge. I mean, Cincinnati came in, and they had allowed four goals in seven matches. Would you like to, to try to venture a guess what, what kind of math that is? What kind of rate goals allowed? Per Cincinnati game. and fire up D. Smets. Pat Noonan had been allowing their head coach per game. Uh, yes, I, I say match, but you know, if you want to call sure. it a game, and feel how, free. So I guess they've played. And by the way, I'm hosting this entire segment while holding up my pants. <laughs> and I just noticed it. I'm like, what's my right hand doing? Something that sometimes I'll ask myself when I'm sitting on it. But in this case, I'm holding up my pants. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, how many total matches do they play? I'm trying to do this. Cincinnati. Uh, seven matches, four goals. Oh, I got you. three seconds. It'd be for a you. lot easier if they had eight. All right, that's point, it. Point four. Not bad. Point five seven. Okay. And the doggies put five on them. Yeah. Well, it's just it five on them before they even got one. Yeah. Yeah. Made them sweat. Yeah. Love it. It's incredible. And they could have had more. Yeah. They were they were dominating up and down the pitch. I kind of was wondering. Now I'll tie it into the Cardinals. If this was a case of okay, the league kind of figured out what they were doing after the losses. Mm-hmm. In Seattle last week, and against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota the week before in in St. Louis, and then it is against the best defensive team. Incredible, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's been it's in telling you that the way they play, it's obviously so great to have the MLS here and the atmosphere is awesome. But the way that they play lends itself to that great atmosphere. It's a perfect match. That high energy, as they've called it before, the energy drink style of soccer matched with the atmosphere, it's a perfect combination. And it was shown on full display on Saturday. And I don't know if they have had, I think it'd be fair to say, that they really haven't had optimal weather yet. Now, Not really, no. The, the, all of the, like for 10 days leading into Saturday, the weather had been optimal. And even for a lot of the afternoon on Saturday, after some storms in the area on, on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, um, the weather was beautiful, but then the storms came in. And so, and I didn't realize this was going on because I didn't have internet. Um, but I guess a lot of people, the storm rolled through downtown St. Louis probably in the 645 range. So understandably, 
a lot of people were already at City Park. Sure. Or making their way to City Park. And voice of the St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber, was one of those people. And so what was Chris Kerber saying? You brought this to my attention on TMA this morning. Yeah, it seemed like um, in the midst of all of this going on, Kerber sent a tweet out saying like a little communication would be helpful at this moment because I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, some communication would be really nice because essentially we don't know what to do. Like you can't get into the game. Uh, You don't know how long it's delayed for. You don't even know if the game's going to happen. You got to find somewhere quickly to shelter. And it seemed like Herbert had been kind of looking for some communication on part of City SC and the MLS. So my understanding is MLS policy is to not let people into a stadium if there is a tornado warning or if winds get up to 60 miles an hour. That's my understanding. And I think what Kerber and others were complaining about was a lack of communication from the organization. Now, we were discussing this earlier on TMA, and some people were saying, well, if you had notifications on, they were communicating. But if you have your push notifications turned off, you weren't getting them. So then people were uh, inside, and they were fine, they didn't know when the game was going to start necessarily because of the delay because the teams didn't know when the game was going to start because you had to wait for lightning to clear the area but it was the people who once they shut the gates they couldn't get in and they didn't know where to go and that's i think where a lot of the frustration yeah came from Understand but that's not a city decision that's an mls decision right, right. and it's impossible to communicate all of that in real time while all this is going on and so. it's just a, a set of circumstances where hey man you couldn't you know i mean i i, I on Saturday afternoon, I was outside playing around with my older son, you know, and didn't even think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you see the clouds out in the West and going, oh man, we got something coming in here. No doubt. So despite that, they get a great win, an incredible crowd, even though it obviously wasn't full considering the set of circumstances with the weather. And it just continues to show that this thing uh, on the field, at the very least, has real momentum. And it was a good discussion because it was such a blowout. The broadcasters are kind of in a spot where they're, you know, filling time. But it, then it became a bit of a conversation about the legitimacy of the dogs. Right. As in whether or not they can really win. And there was, you know, the, uh, the color analyst kind of pumped the brakes on that. But did make the observation that, hey, you know what? You can't dismiss the way they put the team together and the success that they've had with this style of play. Uh, it does seem like uh, it, it. It. You know, I was thinking going in. I'm like, okay, maybe they got figured out the Jordan Walker thing. Okay, we're not going to throw fastballs anymore. So right. figure it out. That's the. But hey, you got and you score four, five goals against that team. That is uh, super impressive before they could even get one. All right, your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. I will now pivot into Cardinal discussion here in the sex, uh, sex, sex second segment. You can call it the sex segment, though, Jackson, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Cardinal discussion. Jordan Hicks, Jordan Walker, yep. the Jordan segment. Yeah. Or the, the sex segment. segment. That's right. It's next on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. It's a big holding up my pants while broadcasting Monday. I don't know how to handle this client lunch. I guess I should be transparent. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say that would be your best. I think the shoelace idea isn't half bad. I, I have to tell you, i got to tip my cap. Those ideas are wonderful. By the way, Jackson will not be here on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, I'll be in uh, the great state of Tennessee. What are you doing? So me and a bunch of my friends are going. We have an Airbnb out in the uh, mountains. Like a bunch of couples? Yeah, so you'd think that. No, it's uh, everyone would be going stag. Uh, so a bunch of guys are going to the mountains? Yeah, we're going to the mountains. we got a couple rounds of golf What do you guys got a bunch of, like, a standard resort? Airbnb cabin, really. So one cabin for how many guys? Twelve. How They're, many beds? I would say under seven. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. Air Comfort Service tax line. Yeah, but so I, you I will not be here Thursday or Friday. No, I'm 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 out on Thursday and Friday. Um, I imagine the show will be better once I'm out, and uh, so you, you listeners can look forward to that. So you already know what's coming. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, telegraphed. It's telegraphed past, but um, no, it's going to be great. We've got a couple rounds of golf booked. We'll do some hiking, other outdoor activities, camaraderie building. It's going to be a real team building. Oh, like escape room, except it's in eastern Tennessee, surrounded by no one but yourselves and men. I wouldn't do an escape room if you paid me. Is that right? Oh, yeah, they're lame. Oh, nice. The annual 10 dudes, two bedroom trip. That's from the 6-3 spot. This might be more active right now in the Air Comfort Service text line than even including any of your blues observations over the last year and a half. I mean, I'm just, it's a bunch of guys who are close friends just going to hang out, outdoor setting, you know, no one else to turn to. Fires. Where's Jamie Rivers? He's got to be in the building. Let him come in here. If anyone will appreciate it, Jamie Rivers, he knows the importance of male bonding. He played on hockey's teams. Hockey's teams? Hockey's teams. Yeah, he's played on hockey teams, ice hockey teams before. He understands the right. importance. For those of you who thought it might have been a field hockey team that or, Jamie Rivers had played for and then, then joined Afternoon Drive here on 101 ESPN. Or floor he hockey. the St. Louis Blues, and they're an ice hockey club. Yeah. Or, I mean, you, you just have fun reading those texts. Uh, all right. So I uh, I said I would talk about this uh, Jordan Walker, Jordan Hicks situation here. Uh, but maybe that's part of the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. So I, I want to yield the floor. Yeah. And perhaps I'll be able to tend to it there. I'll, I'll tend to both. Okay. Cool. All right, what do we got? Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, it, my, I do have a Jordan Hicks question here, but it's not the start. All right. Hey, everything's fine. You don't need to apologize for anything outside of this trip. And I won't apologize for that trip. Look at so you. You'll proud. Be waiting. Proud. Absolutely. I can't wait. Uh, after a weekend in which the Redbirds split the series with the Pirates, the one thing I think most fans are looking for right now is consistency. They gave a game away on Saturday and had to fight to come back on Sunday. What element of the Cardinals game could spark this team to get on a consistent winning run? I th- I'm, I'm not mocking the question, okay. but I feel like the answer is obvious. One would think, but there's other. I think there's other well, things. Well, there's, there's two. The, the one that is obvious it was there in the offseason. That's no, the that, starting pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that was tended to and won at bat is the clutch hitting, yeah. but the runners in scoring position. Right. And Tommy Edmond, if I'm not mistaken, had been 0 for 15 before he got that hit to win yeah. the game yesterday. Uh, I think one will, just from a pure mathematics standpoint, has to improve, and that is the... Why are you smirking at me? I'm not smirking. I'm smirking. <laughs> these texts are ridiculous. You can't expect me to do a serious carnal conversation. Look at some of these well, texts in there. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. It's like Twitter. Just don't do it. <laughs> Between that and you holding your pants up, I can't... You can't I'm not me. holding my pants up. I'm sitting on phone books. It's like I'm hovering above the ground because my legs are like 12 feet from touching the ground. There, please continue. I'll, All right, I'll focus. you're turning it away. 
The clutch hitting will improve. Jackson is distracted right now. You've got him rattled. Just, just, just let me do my thing over here. Pay me no mind. Continue on. I'll chime in with whatever asshat take I have, and then we can continue on with the Will Pills. We can wrap up, please. The answer is starting pitching. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well, because fair. Because Jordan Hicks' situation is – I, I got to tell you something. Because we said, I think it was on Friday's show, he, yeah, he was responsible for the Thursday loss to the yeah, Pirates. Yeah, no doubt. And I said, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that he was in the game in that situation. <laughs> right. So I'm Saturday. out and I'm playing in this golf tournament. And a friend of mine uh, goes, Hicks just blew the game. Mm. And I go, and I knew that it had gone to extra innings. I'm going, what in the hell is he doing couldn't, out couldn't, there in couldn't that situation? Couldn't believe my eyes. But here's the thing. And this is why we're going more macro now. Love it. And I'm going to help get your mind off the air comfort service tax line that's what is a bright shiny object going macro because the starting rotation doesn't go deep into games the bullpen is getting stretched thin and so they didn't really have options and if you look at the way that that inning started and of course there's a runner starting on second base and then you had two out of three hitters being right-handed and the one in the middle was carlos santana and what does he hit jackson left-handed right-handed you're actually correct because you switch. Nice. Yep. Even though I have a feeling that wasn't what you were going for, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt you because you know. got this big trip coming up. I do. And so that was the, it's either going that way or going with a lefty. And in that spot, you're not going to go with a lefty. And right. it's not like there was a great lefty selection out there. Mm-mm. So with that said, he's out there. But he's out there because the bullpen's getting stretched thin. Why is the bullpen getting stretched thin? We go back to starting pitching. Now, I really enjoyed uh, ben Fredrickson's column in the Post-Dispatch yesterday. I really did. And nice. for those who didn't get a chance to read it, you, of course, can read it on stltoday.com. Um, I'm a big Ben Fredrickson fan, but oftentimes I'll disagree with him. In this case, and now I don't like you because I disagree with you. I like him. I respect him. I'll just sometimes disagree. In this case, I like him and I agree with what he was writing. And that is if this is a, someone who now has enough service time that he does not have to accept a minor league reassignment. Yeah. And Ali Marmol said right after the game on Saturday, he's 100% healthy, so you can't do the, you know, right. he's beat up, he needs to go on the IL thing. Right. Then you've got to look at possibly DFAing him or trading him somebody if you can get anything for him. Because you, you're you not in a spot where you have a team struggling to get clutch hits and therefore have low leverage winning situations. In other words, the Cardinals aren't up 10 nothing enough to bring in a guy who at this moment, not only is he getting it handed to him, he's not able to utilize his velocity because he doesn't have a comfort level with throwing it. Right. So, And then the other pitch, he was throwing his sinker effectively. Now he's reducing uh, how many times he's thrown his his sinker. I think it's down by like 15%, but he's not throwing his sinker. It's a debacle. And so for him to be out there in a tie game in extra innings, it's an indictment of a wide variety of situations for the Cardinals. Um, but then Ali Marmol spoke before the game yesterday and said uh, he's going he's gonna to continue to be on the major league roster and he's just not going to pitch in high leverage situations. Okay. So, so now you now you have like the Shelby Miller, Edward Mojica postseason scholarship program going on in the regular season. You can't carry a spot and have it be 
labeled as do not use unless we're up by 10 or down by 10. Right. And keep in mind, this is the same guy who was out there and really, from a pitching standpoint, responsible for the two losses to the Pittsburgh Pirates. No doubt. And yet, less than 24 hours after one of those losses, the manager's saying we're not going to pitch him in high-leverage situations. What does that say? And I, and I don't even know, I don't know what's in the little piddles we can wrap up, but I got another thing that I'm worked up about here. Please. All right? Are you fine with this? Or you want to still no. fantasize about Thursday evening in Gatlinburg? I won't be spoken to like that. <laughs> that was delivered so. Please, it was, like, it was like Jimmy Fallon in a Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. Just broke. Um, Dylan Carlson bunting. I do have a Dylan Carlson question coming oh, up. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Not about him bunting, but yeah, that's uh, part of it. What has happened? We talked about this with John Denton on yeah. Friday. What has happened to Dylan Carlson? That if he is up, and he's not hitting from the right side, and if if memory serves, it's the ninth inning, right, bottom of the ninth yesterday, Donovan's on, now Newt Bard, uh, or no, uh, Burleson gotten hurt, so Carlson's in there, and they've got him bunting with one out yeah. to get Donovan into scoring position with Goldschmidt coming up next. Wow! I mean, what, what that strategy... Is doing not that I really need to explain this to someone in St. Louis, Missouri, where you have very knowledgeable baseball fans. I'm not saying that to kiss ass. It's just the way that it is. If I was doing a show and you know take your pick of other markets, it wouldn't be that way necessarily. Um, you're moving all in on Paul Golding a hit, and if he doesn't, then you're not going to. Right. And as we saw with Nolan Gorman yesterday, misjudging a ball off the bat that should have given the Cardinals a run. You can't count on it, but with two outs, you'd like to think that Goldschmidt gets a hit, the Cardinals win the game. But Dylan, this, is, this isn't this is Kisner. This is Dylan Carlson, yeah. a guy who the Washington Nationals were interested in eight months ago for Juan Soto. Not exclusively Juan Soto straighter for Dylan Carlson, and now I think he's the fifth outfielder, maybe even more. Yeah. And when he comes up and he's hitting lefty, in that situation, you you bunt with him. He fouls it out. It's it's one of those things that because they won the game, it doesn't get talked about. Sure. But a baseball season is a is a is the all process. It's process, process, process. And what does it say that he's in that spot and that's the direction that they go? I'm looking for the commentary on Carlson. That's the thing. And man, is that really eye-opening and that is stunning strategically it might actually be the optimal play with dylan carlson at that moment but man what does that say about dylan carlson and by that i mean the strategic move of having him bunt because otherwise you're going yeah he's just going to make it out and goldschmidt's going to come up with a runner at first and he's not going to be able to drive him home unless he hits it to the gap or down the line yeah I I find similarities both in Hicks and Carlson situations. Hicks obviously situations a little bit more dire considering both the position yeah, plays and performance. Yeah, he had surgery. I mean, he missed time. This is right. a guy who eight months ago was in discussions with one one of the best players in the game, right. and and three years ago he was he was yeah. he wasn't as highly viewed at all. And I'm not I'm, I'm this certainly not apples to apples, but but he was certainly the guy prospect wise. I can recall sitting there talking to him, like I'm like I got to get to know this guy at spring training because he's he's the guy. Now I'm not saying he was Jordan Walker, Oscar Tavares with regards to hype because he no, wasn't, and I don't exactly. think anybody would say that. But he was the next tier down, 
And what has happened to get it to this point where it just goes without saying now, it's Alec Burleson, who's by no means this wizard of defense, getting the call before him. And unless there's a lefty out there, he isn't playing. Right. And when there's a righty out there and he was forced into the at-bat because of Burleson getting hurt, that they're going, okay, we've got a better chance to win the game by him dropping down a bunt. Yeah, and I and I speak to the Hicks and Carlson similarities just because of the situation or the position that they're putting the Cardinals in. They're both super talented young players who, if you wanted to trade, they don't have much trade value right now because they're playing really poorly. But they also have too much talent to just get rid of. So it's like it's this rock okay. and a hard place situation. I, I, on that analogy, I'll agree with you 100. You're right. All right, it's 10:33. Once again, I've I've wandered, but I don't think I wandered. I think I was running with a purpose. Yeah, this segment for sure. First segment we had a belt situation. Yeah, I mean, it's a belt situation, and that yeah. ha- you know it happened like at eight o'clock, and you wouldn't even have known it on no. TMA. Well, on TMA, I'm sitting. Yeah. Here I was standing, and I'm like, oh my my pants are falling down. <laughs> Yeah, Speaking of which, Jackson won't be here on Thursday or Friday because he's going to a cabin in eastern Tennessee with 12 guys and six beds. Yeah, no females either. Right. That was already (laughs) tended to. Didn't need to be said. Uh, All right, we will take a break. We'll come back with more of the weekend wrap-up here on Balloon Party Driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right. I know you can't tell the difference, but I'm standing this segment again, which means I'm holding my belt buckle together. <laughs> Welcome back. It's balloon party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Matt Rocky will be in for Jackson on Thursday and Friday as he, uh, as he vacations. In uh, East Tennessee, Jackson, uh, we only got through two of the Piddles weekend wrap-up. Yeah, yeah, we only, uh, I guess, really, we only got through one. Oh, uh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, boy, well, I we, am just... We did just I talk just, about... I, just can't, I can't stop. I can't stop myself. To be fair, we've talked about four, technically, because we've talked about Dylan Carlson, talked about Jordan Hicks, and we talked about the dogs. Those were three of my items in uh, the Little Pills Weekend Wrap-Up. But I'm going to still ask the Dylan Carlson question. Okay. Now that Lars Newpar has returned to the big league squad, what do you think the plan is for Dylan Carlson? A young talent with plenty of upside, yet has only had 25 at-bats this season. Do you think there is a situation outside of an injury that could put him back into the lineup on a daily or somewhat daily fashion? Or do you think the plan could be to package him up at the deadline for a new pitcher? Boy. I mean, if he's on this pace of 25 at-bats, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a desirable commodity at the right. deadline. That's kind of the issue that you were making reference to with the parallels to Jordan Hicks um, a couple of years ago for both of them, sure. But right now, right. these are declining stocks, and, uh, and organizations are not stupid. They recognize if an organization views somebody as a declining asset that they're not going to overpay to acquire said asset. So with that all said... I want to start with this. John Denton, friend of the program, MLB.com, writer, was on with us Friday, and I share his opinion. I don't understand why 
he has dropped so much in the Cardinals' eyes. I also was confused by why they were so high on him last July when the Soto thing was going on. But I fall in the middle in that I don't know why now he is... I mean, if everyone is healthy, okay, if everyone's healthy, I guess it would depend on the matchup. But if everybody's healthy, is it fair to say that the outfield is... Well, I mean, before I say what I think it is, I want to make sure I'm on the same page. What would you say the starting outfield? Everybody's healthy. Let's say everybody's healthy. Jordan Walker, Tyler O'Neill, and Lars Newport. Okay, that's what I would agree with. All right, that's what I was thinking. Then who's the fourth outfielder? Alec Burleson. That's correct. So he's your fifth guy. Right. And if when Yepes is, like, fully healthy, and maybe he's he's right. the fifth guy. I mean, it's it's quite a situation, but then Yepes can, you know, go right. from one side and Carlson go from the other. But still... I just don't, I don't know what happened. So let me put it this way to you, Jackson, and, and to our audience here. If the way Carlson's playing time was being treated was the byproduct of what happened two weeks ago with Ali Marmol, I would think that's relatively speaking petty. But I also would say, I guess this, this organization has a recent irritation with the way he's been hustling, which is why Marmol went public with it and, and was, you know, flustered. But it was Tyler O'Neill right. who had just been named starting outfielder, starting center fielder, mm-hmm. Carlson Spot. And this also goes back to last year. He wasn't in there against the, the Phillies in the very brief appearance in the playoffs. So I don't I don't know what has happened. I, I, I I'm very serious when I say this. I'm confused by the Cardinals offseason. I have I for the life of me I don't understand how you go into the season with what they have pitching wise. Right, I don't I right. for the life of me I don't get it, which is why I think there's a lot more to it and I don't know if they'll ever say it. Um because if it's just straight baseball then it just doesn't it doesn't add up. Right. And I am not to that level of surprise and confusion on the the Carlson situation, but I am truly confused by it because I don't know how you go from viewing him up here to viewing him down here. Right. And that he's, again, the reason this came up, for those of you just joining us here on 101 ESPN, you have a runner on, it's a winning run, Dylan Carlson's at the plate. And yes, he's hitting from the left side, which is certainly not, you know, where he's going to be most adept, but nonetheless, it's Dylan Carlson, then Paul Goldschmidt, and there's one out, and you got him bunting. And he pops it up and pops out, fouls out. So even if he would have executed the bunt, you have the winning run at second base with two outs, which at that moment is putting it all on Paul Goldschmidt to get a base hit. And I think just a year ago or two years ago, if you would have had that same set of circumstances, I doubt they would have had Carlson bunting. And so that is what I'm asking is what has happened. He just lost all confidence, and he's going, hey, you know, I, I know I'm in here because Burleson got hurt, but from the left side, I'm just not going to be able to get it done. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 you could see it kind of falling apart a little bit at certain points last year, especially, like you said, from that left side, but two years ago, he was the guy hitting second and, like, was making threats to, like, be a, even a better spot. But like, even was, in, in July when the Soto thing, and again, I, I want to make sure it's not like it was no. on the verge of happening. But when it was talked about and fans were analyzing it and baseball people nationally were analyzing it, it's like, well, you got a young guy, still a young guy, he is a young guy who can switch hit and also be, you know, a defensive asset. Very much so, yeah. That's not somebody you're going to trade 
as part of a huge package, okay, I want to emphasize that part, as part of a huge package, not Carlson for Soto straight up, when you also have cost control with Carlson as a young switch-hitting outfielder, Soto free agent after the 23 season. And in a, in a vacuum, in just writing, that all adds up. But here we are in April, and the guy wasn't the starting outfielder going into the season in March, and now when he's up in a critical situation with one out, you know, this wasn't nobody out, right. one out, you're you're asking him to to bunt. Right, drop one down. That is, it, that, that's, that's, so the trade deadline to me is, it seems like it's years away for Dylan Carlson and right. for Jordan Hicks. Right, and that's what, that's what has me so confused is like I don't know what you could possibly do with Carlson you're not going to put him in the lineup every day because he you have outfielders who are performing better you can't put Jordan Hicks out there because you have pitchers performing better and he's kind of a liability you're kind of stuck in no man's land right now it's um it's 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 a spot that like I said it's not as confusing as the offseason with regards to how they handled the offseason um and I just maybe it's unfair because I'm quote giving them an out but I think something happened this offseason that they did not anticipate at the start of the offseason. I've already said I don't believe they planned on signing Wilson Contreras, and I've been saying that throughout the course of the offseason, that that is a deal that I think Cardinal fans will dislike when it is looked back on in five years. I didn't expect it to be disliked this early in the season, but at the same time, I'm not going to judge it. You no, know, I just don't think that they really, number one, planned on signing him and sure as hell didn't plan on giving him five years. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. I think the plan was Sean Murphy, and then that blew everything up. But I think that there was something similar or separate, whether it be the, the Bally situation yeah. or uh, just how ridiculous the contracts were that they weren't seeing, and now they're sitting there going, oh, my goodness. You know, now we're in this spot where we don't have starting pitching, and Dylan Carlson, who we thought was going to be a cornerstone outfielder, is our fifth outfielder. It is, it's, it's a real drastic change from the day they acquired Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. Yeah. It is a real drastic change. And just because the team won yesterday doesn't mean I'm going to just come in here, okay, well, since they won, we talk good things. And, oh, they lost? Now I'm going to criticize people. No, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, it's baseball season, 162 games. They're trends, and this trend is confusing and odd. All right, Jackson, I've already gone on and on. What else do we have? What's going on with you? Well, I got a little sports media. Oh, um, you're going to get my synapses firing. A little sports media. And now you're looking at the clock because you know that's a live wire topic for me. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know if this one's going to get you as banty. Or and now as a... you're underselling it to the audience. Wow. All right, that's fine. What do we got? Charles Barkley went on a little rant about the late starting tip-off times for these NBA playoff games. The NBA is for sure not alone, as we will see it with the NHL and during their playoffs, along with other sports. Why do you think these networks and leagues start games so late during the week? Do you think it hurts their numbers? Am I missing something here? Why start a game at 9.30 on the East Coast when the games sometimes feature East Coast or Central time zone teams? Um, I'm saying this respectfully because you know I'm a huge Jackson Burkett fan. I know, you are missing something. Okay. And that is the television contracts call for as close as you can get to exclusive windows. It's why usually in April at this time of year, it is a tradition, unfortunately we don't get it this year, to complain about the Blues start time. They'll say it's 8.30. I then do the math and I go, I'm going to set the over-under at 8.47.30.5. And I lost then a lot of money purple. last year. Uh, yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's not because they're going, that'll optimize our viewership for the Blues in the Wild last year in the first round, for example. Um, no, it's because the two of the other teams in the playoffs, 
that are central division that they can utilize, central time zone, these are going to be the smaller markets, St. Louis and Minneapolis, and so they're going to get thrown in there. Now, when the Blues played the Blackhawks, there were a couple that went late, even though you're going with market three. Right. It's about the exclusive time window. So you know if you've got a team out in the Pacific time zone, they're not going to be there. Sometimes just the way that it breaks down by how many Eastern time zone teams get in there, they don't have a choice but to put them in that spot. Same thing with what Charles Barkley's talking about. I'm not mocking him or you or anybody else for not understanding it. I think it's a mistake, but those deals are negotiated in. They're baked in. Similar to how you hear now, Rob Manfred, something that I think you brought up on this show last week, if I'm not mistaken, talking about these blackout restrictions right. are so antiquated. And then when you dig in deeper, for example, he started the, he opened up his comments with the St. Louis Cardinals are only observed by 15% of the possible audience. And he wasn't talking about St. Louis. He was talking about states that are considered the Cardinals region because some of those states are in blackout territory. And he goes, it's just a ridiculous thing. But these deals were negotiated before all the consternation regarding streaming and cord cutting. And at the time, they worked financially. Now that they're not working financially, people go, boy, these are terrible deals. But when baseball was making all the money from them and actually getting paid, as opposed to what Diamond Sports is doing with the Guardians, Twins, and Diamondbacks, they didn't complain because the money was coming in. Now they're complaining about it because the money isn't coming in. But people have been complaining about it for a while. I do not believe a decade from now you will see Central Time Zone games starting at 847 for the Blues or even the Cardinals. The Cardinals got two day games last year. No, no, the second game was a night game on Saturday night, but game one was a day game against the Phillies. So, yeah, it's unfortunately that's all about television. And, yes, I think it hurts the audience, like what you were talking about. I mean, not many people are excited about UConn-San Diego State anyway, but the thing tipping off at 825. That's central, UConn, too. obviously, yeah. uh, being an East Coast team, you know, it's, it's self-fulfilling prophecy, and at least those things are relatively short compared to college football. All right, it's 1051. we got a break. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungin at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Final segment, Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Jackson, you have a request from Tiddy. I do, yeah, to be out by 10, uh, uh, 1057. They got Army. They got. I got to tell you something. I'm running right to this lunch where I'm not going to have a belt for the clients. And I'm going to be tuning in yeah. to 101 ESPN and BK and Ferrario to hear Doug Armstrong. Boy, I got to tell you, big fan of his interviews because he just, you know. He lets it rip. Oh, he does. <laughs> and he let it rip this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, um, listen, it's coming up in a, in a few minutes. So we'll get out to allow uh, the boys to have uh, Doug Armstrong and as much time as possible. That is coming up at the top of the hour. And, hell, it's 10.57 anyway because I can't manage a damn clock as it is, right? I mean, We, we got a minute. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you something about this, Jackson. Yeah. You want to hear about it? Yeah, please. Yeah, that Matt Fitzpatrick. That was a hell of a nine iron in day 18 on the third Boy. playoff hole. Yeah. Just three inches short of, of cupping it. He nailed it. I really did think Jim Nancy. I thought it was going in. How could you not? It was. It had some pace to it, too. It looked like it was going right. He said he had, like, what, 179 on the second playoff hole, and he was about 10 yards short. And he had 186 on the on the third playoff hole and hit it about two inches short. It's nice to be able to do that biomechanically. That's fun. And then nearly hole it from <laughs> buck, buck 75. Uh, so, all right, BK and Ferrari are coming up next. Action Jackson, Tim McKernan with you. Balloon party tomorrow back at 10 a.m. Doug Armstrong coming up next here on 101 ESPN with BK and Ferrario.
You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.